If green is your favorite color or your way of living, then Grounded is the place for you. From big environmental solutions to your own backyard, wherever in the universe you may be, join me, Melanie Walker, on a journey to a cleaner, greener life. Grounded, your window on the environment. And welcome to it. I'm feeling full of the joys of spring, and I have no doubt that my guest today is Yay. feeling exactly the same. Carrie yeah. Goodwin, life is a garden. <laughs> has it been a garden for you? <gasps> it has. Wow, we have had the most incredible spring. I just think everything's in bloom. It just doesn't matter where you go. The trees are blooming. You know, we've, we've spoken about before all the osteos that just keep on going, all mm. the pelagoniums just keep on going. I think our gardens are just shouting out with color and saying, look at me, come and, you know, get, you know, just come outside and play. But this is the so, thing. I mean, I've, I've noticed this year specifically, and, and, mm. and I am a big fan of, as they would say in South America, Vuganvia. The Bougainvilliers. Oh, yes. Oh, man. Haven't they just been looking absolutely... I, I drive and I'm like, oh, my goodness, look at that. And people have yeah. been sending me pictures of their trees because they're so full of flowers that it's a purple tree. Yeah. It is unbelievable. Do you think that has a lot to do with the fact that we didn't have our usual rain pattern this year as we have in, per, in previous, previous years? <laughs> I think it's definitely that. You know, um, we, uh, we, we spoke in a way we said in August you normally have a bit of a sprinkle and then again in September... Mm. And this year it was really dry. And I want to say even for us in areas where we don't normally sell a lot of Bougainvillea, I think because they're looking so incredible, they just keep going on and on and on. Mm. And normally with the Bougainvillea, they're like six weeks flowering, then about a month off six weeks flowering because it takes so much energy for them to flower. And yet they just keep flowering. There's no off period at the moment. It's fantastic. <laughs> and it's lovely to actually watch the different yeah. things coming through. As one thing kind of stops flowering in my garden, the next thing comes. At the oh. moment, the roses have gone completely <gasps> ballistic. Oh, my yes. goodness. I, I just think, and you know, the roses, I want to say you almost can't get enough of them. Because I, I didn't, I decided I'm not going to have any roses in my garden. And then I went and looked at Ludwig's. And that's just a disaster. No, no. You, you can't walk out of there without a rose, that's for sure. And then our team, we're busy teaching each other about all our favorite roses and why they choose them and that sort of thing. And when you're listening to somebody else tell you about roses, I just think each rose has a meaning. And like our one gentleman, he spoke about winter sun, which is not one that I'm really familiar mm -hmm. with. But it's a pale butter yellow rose, but it's so fragrant. And then I just thought, oh, it's like those winter sunsets that we get. You know how the winter sun is softer mm. and gentle. And it was magnificent. And then we've got this new one, which oh, I don't know. I often relate plant names to um, our lives at the moment. And so now there's one called Grandiosa Masala. And I, okay, I thought of curry. curry. You know, we've got a little bit cold recently, so I'm thinking, okay, curries. But it's just this beautiful, deep burgundy kind of terracotta color and masses of petals. And I thought, how on earth can I say no roses in my garden? I've already said to the gardener, we're digging up a new space. <laughs> it's going to be roses. full sun for roses. It is a thing, especially, <laughs> I mean, for me, I only want fragrant roses with the exception yeah. of my icebergs, which I use as sacrificial roses in my vegetable <laughs> patch. So my friend gave me a Duftwolke. And yeah. I always thought, yeah, I, I kind of love just Joey because of the color and it matches. But I smelt 
there's certain places where people have got Ooh. Duftwalker on their pavements and then I'd always yeah. stop and smell the roses. Yeah. And now I have my own very one okay. and the buds have popped and I walk out and even my kids are going out there and taking big breaths in yeah. of this amazing scent. And, and that's one thing, a lot of the time when roses are bred, new roses varieties, and they're being mm. bred to be more disease resistant and more hardy, yeah. they kind of, they lose their scent a lot of the time. So I think people are going back to the older fashioned roses that mm. are really redolent. Yeah. And hang heavy in the sunny <laughs> sun afternoon drenchedness. <laughs> well, there's one that was called, I think it's Dracula. Yeah, Count Dracula. And it's a, a I almost want to say like a hanging basket rose. And you could just imagine it sounds so gory. I can't believe we're speaking of this, but the because it's bright blood red. And I just imagine the blood dripping from Dracula's mouth when I look at this rose. And yet it's, it again is so splendid in its. Mm the way it's formed and as you say when they breed new roses i think it must they ha must have such fun trying to choose what characteristics they're going to put in the rose to make it personal for somebody whatever it might be oh i think and i should have one of those in my garden for halloween seeing as it's coming up <laughs> <laughs> well that's what we spoke about when they did talk about it and i was trying to put it into a like a pergola because then it would you know the roses would hang over yes. the pergola type of thing but between the team and I, we couldn't manage to get it to work very well. But it is just beautiful. And there's so many lovely new roses mm. that are available. So I understand with the older ones that you want them because they, I mean, for me, Blue Moon is one of my favorite. Mm. And it just conjures up days of when I used to push trolleys in the nursery. And so, again, it brings up those memories. And I have a customer who she buys roses as birthday presents, you know, and there's the happy home. So it's a housewarming present. Mm. I just think roses speak their own language to people when the, you buy them. And there's actually a rose for every occasion. There is. <laughs> and a color for every occasion <laughs> yeah. as well. I mean, for me, I need, I always go for the ones that are scented. So I've mentioned mm. the Josh Joey, which I love the color of. I love the University of Pretoria which is absolutely exquisite yeah. as well. Then Garden Queen, of course, the scent oh, on that one, and Garden Princess. And, princess and what's it, the Mosha Kirsch? Mosha Kirsch? It's I don't own, know that one. Also, the beautiful pink color, incredibly oh. well-scented. Um, the Rona Lia, which is also a pale oh, yellow, but it's got that lemony yes. smell to it. Yeah. Oh, man. I, and I was never a rose lover, <laughs> okay? And then all of a sudden, roses became like this thing. But yeah. I still don't have that many. But then another one I love, Deloitte's and Touche, just from the range oh. of color within one bush. And it's yeah. not a big bush. It's prolific. It's yeah. on, Put it on your verge. Oh, my God. Goodness, that you can plant with everything. I just yeah. imagine that with a border of like multicolor osteospermums around oh, it. Oh, stunning. Yeah. Beautiful. Absolutely. And roses are actually, you know, I think a lot of people think roses are hard work, but no. they're not hard work. If you plant them correctly, you plant them with good rose planting mix or good compost, add some bone meal, some peanut shells, you know, and then you water them. They were the ones in the drought that did the best because yeah, they, it's only Cape Town. Yeah, they everybody love, is planting roses. They love grey water, yeah. so you know that's always a good bonus. And you just give them your ten liters of water twice a week, and they're done. Yeah, it's not a it's not a difficult plant to look after at all. And I think also what I love about roses, and I can see some of the customers are buying that way now, is it has that dual purpose for flowering outside but also that you can pick it and bring, that, bring them that beauty into your home as well. And when I see some people, you know, they, if it's not the hybrid teas, even the floribundas, then they put in them into those like fishbowl vases yes. and then floating them. 
And I'm like, wow, this is just gorgeous. And it came from your garden. Yeah. So I think roses just fulfill so many tick boxes, you know, that we... What's not to love? Come on. (laughs) And especially in October, I mean, it is really rose month. Yeah. Um, One thing, though, if you do have termites, and I'm not talking about harvested termites, I'm talking about the white ants. Oh, yeah? Okay. If you have them in your garden, get that sorted out before you plant any roses. Because they will, even though they, they say, oh, they, they eat dry wood, yeah. if there isn't something around and they, they, they like damp areas, so they'll go to, and they'll ring bark your rose <gasps> in no time no at all. Yeah. yeah. The other thing that you have to be careful of with roses, and we've had it quite often, is they're quite sensitive to herbicides. Yes. So if you spray in fog, because it is a huge problem at the moment with weeds, everything, just like all our flowers are growing beautifully, the weeds are growing just as beautifully and in our paving and that sort of thing. And if you are using a herbicide, try and use it very localized. Mm. You know, don't use it on a windy day because roses don't like that. And that Paint makes it them, onto the weeds rather. Yeah, so much better because they do get deformed by the per- pesticide that might be, or herbicide that might be in the atmosphere. So that is quite a... Um, just be cautious of it. Yeah, remember, one year's weeds, 10 years of seeds. So you need to actually get those weeds out first. <laughs> that sounds like flipping hard work. <laughs> well, I know. I've got to, I'm going to be sitting, but I'm waiting for it to rain a bit more because yeah. mine's coming up in between my paving, my bricks, mm-hmm. and it's difficult to get them out if it's dry. So I need to have a bit more rain so it's easier to pull all the weeds out. But you need to get them before they set seed because otherwise yes. you're going to have a problem. But talking about problems um one of the questions we get quite a lot mm-hmm. is from people because of course now all the fruit trees are starting to push out their fruit aren't they yes. and people want to know what am i going to do about the insects well harry and i are <laughs> going to tell you that you need to have a yearly yes. regime in place to protect your fruit against insects it's not something that you can see all the fruit is here now yeah. i'm gonna start spraying oh, it's Mm-mm. too late we it's had a customer on i was gonna say we had a customer on the weekend who said that and it was actually quite sweet it was her daughter who had almost brought her to the garden center and said mom we want to be able to eat our peaches this year <laughs> please what are we going to do about our tree and i was like oh you should have started in yeah. march <laughs> uh, has your has your peach tree finished flowering they're like yeah it finished already i'm like this is very bad news so there is a bait that you can use and you can paste it on the bark of the tree, mm. which it would encourage the fruit flies to go to the bait, or you can set up a bait trap. Mm. But ideally, as you say, there's a yearly regime and you start in March with it and then you feed in your fruit trees as well at that time. Then come when they start in blossoms, that's when you actually put the pesticides on. It's before the fruits even form. Yeah. And then when you, by, by now, then actually it's almost like it's done and you're going to be thinning out your fruit tree yes. and allowing the light in so that the fruits can grow and be beautiful. But that is a big problem. Everybody's mm. now coming and going, oh, what about this? What about that? And, and yeah. it literally is. Before the bud has even formed, you do one spray, a preventative spray. Then yeah. when you see that you get bud swell, you've got to do another spray. Then yeah. when it gets first pink, <laughs> then you spray again. And then when the flowers, you spray again. And yeah. then when you see the fruit, when the, when the flower drop, you spray again. So, I mean, it is a major issue. If you're going to have fruit yeah. trees in your garden, then you need to know that you're going to have to do these things. Although I had two plum trees in my garden. We never did anything, and they were always fantastic. I, don't, I think plums aren't that susceptible. No, is it just uh, mainly peaches it's mainly and apricots? Peach, peaches and apricots that are susceptible. And I think what's actually quite exciting is how many more customers are actually having fruit in their garden. You know, it, the, we went through a phase where you, you couldn't sell a fruit tree. I mean, mm. basically, you couldn't even give them away. 
and now the variety of fruit. And one of the discussions that we have, and not so much about the pests, is about male and female plants. Uh, the only one that you really <laughs> need that for is a kiwi fruit. Yeah. Well, and also because I was saying, you know, because in in our urban environment, we've got so many fruit trees. It could be that you have the male and your f- neighbor has a female and the bees will just go and visit all of them. So it's not like you need to have two ever trees because most gardens wouldn't be able to sustain two well, ever trees. And apart from so, anything, a lot of the trees are, what is that word where they've got both Self-pollinating. Sexes? Yeah, self-pollinating oh. because they have both sexes on one tree. Yeah. They're very few. As I said, the only one that you need, and, and it's a kiwi, kiwi <laughs> and he has to have a harem. So you'll have <laughs> one male for every five female plants. Oh, goodness. I didn't know that. I just know they're jolly hard to grow. Yeah. <laughs> they're taking like at least three to four years to get a kiwi fruit. Like growing peonies. <laughs> you know, everyone has peonies. And now like... Are you also having lots of requests for that? Yeah, well, it's the wrong time of year to be getting peonies. And of course, the, the moment that they came in, they were straight out again. And everybody's like, oh, but they're not flowering. Well, hello, go and read this. It tells you you're not going to get flowers for at least three years after planting it. So, you know, patience. This is one yeah. thing people forget. Patience. You have to be dedicated. Yeah. You have to stick to your regimes and you need to have patience and if you just do the things at the right time most of them don't take a lot of time yeah you will be a successful gardener but everybody wants everything yesterday yes well i think because we've had a lot of requests for peonies at the moment and i think they flower in somewhere in um, flower in september usually yeah so maybe they've just finished but mm. near emerentia in one of the emerentia gardens and i have I've never actually seen them flower in Johannesburg before. And uh, normally we don't get cold enough. Our bulbs, they don't get cold enough for our region. This year would have been an exception. Get cold enough or we've had enough cold days for them to actually bloom really nicely. But they've been breeding them so that they can handle slightly warmer temperatures so we can have peonies in the same way they're trying to do with the alliums as well, the ornamental alliums. So That's exciting. It is exciting because peonies yeah. are beautiful. But I mean, yeah. you can get them from, well, not now. It's the wrong time to be planting no, now. In March. To, like Ma- in uh, no, in March is still early May, yes. And you need to know that you're going to have a really, really cold time. Mm-hmm. Okay, but Winterberg, they, they do a lot of peony yes. work down, yeah. down in the, that area. So We'll remind everybody in we May. We will remind everybody <laughs> what you can plant. And, and the amount of questions, I'm like, okay, I've got these bulbs. Um, can I plant them now? I'm like, no. <laughs> Why can't I plant them now? Because you, you need to plant them in May. Yeah. Okay, because these are winter flowering bulbs. All the information is on the pack. If we have to say this a thousand times, we'll say it a thousand times. Read the directions. They're yeah. all there. Everything yeah. you need to know is there, including how tall your plant is going to get, how far apart it should be planted from something else, when to plant them, how to water them. Yeah. It's oh. frustrating, isn't it? Well, it's, I think it is because it's so sad to say to a customer, oh, look how beautiful it is now. You should have planned in advance. And maybe actually people should start almost like having a gardening diary. I know it sounds so old school, but as you were saying, how you like to see what changes in the flowering come mm. each month. Maybe we need to just record it. Like one of my favorites is the Johannesburg Garden Club. They have a month to month and I just feel that is like invaluable to somebody who has a garden because it's all these gardeners who are sharing their information and they'll tell you this is what you do. Like we're going to say in May, go and get your peonies now, plant them and you'll see them in September and they'll be incredible. Well, you not know? that September, three September's <laughs> later. Down, but yeah, <laughs> but I think that's what, you know, with, as you say, it's all to do with patience and timing. Mm. And, you know, even with now with the wind completely different. But if you're talking about uh, one more thing on the peonies, there's some beautiful roses that look like peonies. Yes. So go and do that instead. I've, I've seen some of them. They are glorious. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but going back to the garden club thing as well, I mean, mm. Johannesburg Garden Club's fantastic. Obviously, I've got the Lifestyle Garden 
club, but there, mm. there are so many wonderful ones around oh, the entire yeah. country. Yes. And I went to the one in Clarence, which was Harry Smith Clarence, that oh, area. And I did a talk for them. Those are lovely. They're fantastic and they're <laughs> yeah. so enthusiastic. And I mean, gardening in Clarence can be, you know, in the middle of the Very free Very challenging. Yeah. But um, it, was, it was quite sad because when I was there to do the talk, Nancy Gardner was there. <sighs> And of course, she yeah. has passed on now. Mm. And I went and I walked back up when I was down there a few weeks mm. back past her home. And I think that it's being turned into a guest house. So the garden is completely overgrown. And I, I oh, felt so sad goosebumps. from that beautiful <gasps> rose garden of hers. Yes. Yeah. And she had delphiniums that yeah. were like shoulder height. You can't even see into the garden now. It's completely overgrown. Oh, no. It's so sad. And over her, uh, her archways. Mm. Oh, yeah, she had the most magnificent garden. It was like a treasure trove. Yes. Because you would find plants that you couldn't find anywhere else. And she had such amazing green fingers. Yeah. <gasps> and that's, oh, um, that, that's of course, amazing. a lot of the garden clubs. I know the Joburg yeah. Garden Club opened up a show garden. Yes, they and had a lovely a few, one in Westcliff. Yes, in Westcliff. And then, mm. of course, there's been some down in the Cape. There's a lot Bedford. in Natal, actually. Yeah, there are quite a few in Natal. Yes. And then, of course, um, Garden World have got their summer garden show coming up. Yes, I think it's opening very soon. It yes. must open this week or next this week. week. Yes. So I think there's so much to do and get out now. And now that we're easily able to go out, you know, level one, is go and explore your gardens and even your local botanical gardens, your local parks. Go and see what's out there. Because the other thing Life as a Garden was talking about was um, birds in your garden. Yes. And I know I count the birds <laughs> because we have few and far between. And so every time I put in a new plant, I'm thinking, will this attract a bird? Will it not attract a bird? <laughs> and, you know, I love seeing I've got the hardy dars in, which I know most people don't like. But I always think it's a sign of good soil. And then so they eat the snails as well. And they eat the snails. And then we've got the little robin who comes in to visit us as well. And the thrushes are starting to come in with the grasses. I know when I first went to Clarence to do a talk there, grasses were the trend. So I took a whole lot of grasses down to talk. And then they said to me, we don't want grasses. Have you seen the beautiful grasslands yes. that's around us? I was like... Oh dear. Okay. Next time I'll bring roses. We'll bring roses. <laughs> we'll do a rose roses. pruning demo. Yeah. That's the way to go. <laughs> so it was fascinating. I actually. love mossies. <laughs> mossies are my favorite birds. <laughs> my cats love mossies. <laughs> they don't catch them. They just love watching them. No, eat my cats catch eaters. pigeons. Oh, really? Mine are petrified of pigeons. Pigeons and rats. I get them as presents. I can hear them coming. Oh, no. Mossies, sparrows. I just absolutely yeah. adore them. And, and I remember my father always saying to me, when you never see sparrows again, then you know the world, end of the world is coming. Wow. So for me, that. sparrows are fantastic. I don't need I, – I do have an owl that okay, lives somewhere in our area. And, and, and so many of these groups, like the Delta Park group as well, yeah. about what's happening in Delta Park itself and the owls. Yeah. There's somebody who's watching out for the owls. Yes. But now apparently the mother and one of the babies has gone disappeared. Oh, no. Um, the ducks, I've been watching the ducks and the <laughs> plovers and all of them having yeah. their babies and, you know, keeping the dogs from chasing them and stuff like that. So it is from that bird point of view. But bringing them into your garden is such a good thing for your garden. Mm. Not Absolutely. necessarily the hardy dolls who no, make no, the no. roof really <laughs> ugly, but the weavers, I mean, you always get so sad when you see the weaver's nests being torn down. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine those poor males. I think they're just very hard work and that. But it's the males not are. the female that he's making it for. It's the other females in the area who come and pull it down so that that female can't lay eggs. Oh. You yeah. learn something new every day. I didn't know that. Do you know why they pull all the leaves off? 
to make the nest, isn't it? Oh, no, no, I do. Uh, that's for snakes. Yes, for uh, snakes. Yeah. Is in your <laughs> They sit there in the tree shouting and they see you coming. Is in your Danger, danger, danger. That's why they pull all the leaves off so they have a better view of the forest floor. Oh, it's so clever. You see, I think we could learn so much. So your garden, if you have encouraged the birds and the insects, you know, they're probably one of your best pesticides. You know, they'll eat the spiders. Yes. They'll eat the snails. They'll eat some of the horrible worms. I saw, I was actually devastated the other day. Looking, my cranium was beautiful day one. Already? Day four, there was, there was just no leaves. I'm like, hang on a sec. Yeah, how did you come? already? Yes, and I think it's too it's early. It's so early. I, I, I'm just thinking maybe it was a default and I... You know, I don't, didn't like to use pesticides, and so I didn't treat it maybe when it should have, and maybe one of the eggs hatched early or something. Well, you I was can a use, bit devastated. Use your crinum as the sacrificial plant yeah. to keep your amaryllis safe. <laughs> yes, oh, because the beautiful amaryllis bulbs available now from your garden centers. And even then, I also feel they talk to you because I always think of the Merry Christmas one. Yes. And so you plant that. It's out that. of stock, by the way. Oh, sorry. Already sold out. <laughs> completely sold out. People have gone completely ballistic on buying bulbs. Yes. And, of course, with the drought in South America, where a lot of the bulbs would have come from. Oh, okay. They haven't been able to put out there. So, yeah. I mean, if you haven't bought or put your stuff on pre-order, I know a lot of the shops still have, but to yeah. pre-order online at the moment, you're going to be hard difficult. pushed to get bulbs. And yeah. I know people are very disappointed about it, but it's a worldwide issue. Mm. It's not just like the companies here in South Africa who are having that issue. Oh, no, I'm sure. But at least some of the dahlias are still available, the shorter flowering ones, mm. which is always quite a treat. I like those. Our dahlias and are fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> and I love all the different color lilies. So that's really special to me. Yes. And, the, and you know, those are, and I think again, they're just, they're just beautiful. You know, not if you good have for nice, cats. No, 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 not good for cats at all. I did put mine all into pots, actually. Yes. <laughs> so. but, but do you have that problem where you're in the shop and um, you have people coming in and going, oh, look. Um, I have this picture of this rose. What's it called? It's called a rose. It's a tea rose, but they all want to know what the actual name of it is. Well, they'll send you a picture of your dahlia and say, what's the name of this one? Well, that's a, that's a cactus dahlia. No, but what's its name? Yeah, no, we do have that quite a lot. Actually. Well, how do we know? We're not uh, we're not specialists in. in there are, do you have any idea how many names there are named varieties, and how yeah. are we supposed to know? I think yeah. we know like ten of ones, which are very very kind of obvious, you know, obvious ones. Yeah. yeah, like Satchmo yes. in roses or Golden Honey or whatever. You know, and, and I think the ones that you like and affiliate to. I mean, one of the roses that I love very much, and but it's a strange one, is spiced coffee. Oh, yeah, oh, that's fantastic. I just think it looks gorgeous. So mm. I'm going to much easier remember that than the Violetta. Mm. You know, um, so I think it's those things that make you, we know, for me, the challenge is actually trees. When people bring you a leaf of a tree and you're like, it's a tree. Yes. And then they say, no, no, but, and you, then you have to say to them, what, did you take a photo of the whole tree? So, you know, trees, you need the flowers to be able to identify the shape and ideally the bark. Yes, bark is leaves, very flower, important. Size. Because everything. there's just so many different ones to be able to start growing from. So I do find it's quite challenging, but I think that's like building a puzzle. Sometimes I love the challenge, and luckily, there's quite a lot of good experts in our industry. And so quite a lot of we, good apps as well. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so, if we're at a loss, we always go to the experts, yeah. and they will help us out and teach us new things. And I think the challenge actually comes in with hybridizing because I saw a beautiful new, and I hope I'm going to get it right, Kalenkoe, mm. which looks though like Crassula campfire. So, it's yes. got that red and green foliage, but it's actually the shape of the leaf and it's a kalenkoe i thought oh oh 
this is going to confuse us all now. Callan Curry that looks like a crassula. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, I thought the echeverias and those sort of things were difficult in the first place. And now we're doing but this. This is the thing. They're it's saying, wonderful. What, what echeveria is this? I'm like, well, it's an echeveria. <laughs> yeah. If you want to know, go to a succulent specialist, you know. Yeah. But um, there are apps for that. Yes. But I've got to say, it's exciting talking about that, a new version, okay, with the plant trials. I know that they're probably <gasps> not open for the public this year, unfortunately, right. because they weren't yeah. sure what yes, level we would be in. Mm. But... They are coming. There's yeah. some new varieties coming up, which is fantastic. I'm so yeah. excited to see what there is available. Yeah, um, right. and it's always a good time. And we will put up <laughs> which ones we like the most as well. Yeah, I always think it's fascinating how the when they were open av- available to the public, how the public chooses completely different plants to the growers. <laughs> it just it's interesting to see. But and then the growers must take note of that because yeah. they may say, oh, we like this one. We think it'll sell. And the other people, we, the consumers, are looking and going, no, nah, I wouldn't no. buy that. Um, we like these. So that's yeah. what you should actually be ordering yeah. is what the people want. Yeah. Not I what think- you think that they'll want. <laughs> and I know for me, I didn't have any water in my garden, but I really liked one of the water lily colors. So I just went and got a bucket and put the water lily in my buckets. And I think that's lovely. But Life as a Garden has a beautiful way of creating pots that you can seal or, mm. you know, get a what you would normally term an indoor pot and create a water garden where that's small. It doesn't have to be a big thing. It could be 40 centimeters and you could put a beautiful alocasia in it yes. or some of the calocasias. Oh, and with the nymphaea. Yes. Mm. So they don't have to be, you know, I think the times where we had the big water features and big ponds, I don't think we have the space for those anymore. But it's not to say that you can't have a beautiful water plant in your garden whether or and a water garden maybe that's the yeah. right way to put it and attract maybe some frogs and tadpoles which will rock you to sleep at night with their what do the frogs do i, I don't want to say chirping croaking that's it but they make a lot of noise <laughs> they start going they keep you awake they won't lull you to sleep <laughs> it's quite I, a noise i love all the different noises oh, at night too. actually i do as well but so, um and also i mean if you if you're going to do that then get uh, you should be able to still get some bulbs from the um vatablomachis and then you can add yes. them to a briardi. i tasted those even for a salad you mm. know that flower has got such a Fresh, crunchy. Uh, I almost want to say like an asparagus kind of a yes. taste, but more fresh. It oh, it was delicious. I can't believe I'm saying that about a plant. <laughs> I'm I'm sitting here with my eyes like wide open. Yeah, that's unusual. Did you not cover it in chocolate first? <laughs> no, it was bizarre. <laughs> but if we speak about and you know the other one which actually adds so much grace and beauty to the garden is the Louisiana irises. Oh, the Everybody's uh, been buying them. I yeah. know that certain times of the year, when you work in the nurseries mm. or garden centers, that yeah. you can tell when people are going to come in and buy what. When the yeah. kapok trees are in flower, everybody comes in wanting yes. to buy a kapok tree. <laughs> when the um, uh, bahinias are in flower, everybody comes in wanting to buy bahinia. Yeah. When the petria is in flower, then everybody wants a petria. And of course, now people are seeing, oh, look at these beautiful irises. Oh. And they move off the floor of the shop so quickly because yeah. everybody wants Louisiana irises because yeah. they are so glorious. They are. And they just, they almost, we went to go and watch the ballet for the first time. 
last week. And even I felt some of these Louisiana irises look like those kind of dancers with the tutus or the Spanish yes. dancers with their beautiful skirts and that sort of thing. Even they tell a story in your garden and oh, all amazing colors. So I just think, you know, it doesn't matter how small your garden is, even if it's a patio, you could still have a water garden on your patio. I mean, imagine having this beautiful stately Louisiana iris in a little bit of water with your water lilies, maybe mm. with the other one that um, they speak about, which I think is beautiful because it's a grass. Is the um, I'm going to say it wrong. Talia, Talia, T H A L I A. Okay. And it's got quite broad leaves, but a thin stalk, and then this broad leaf at the top. And it's got one of them's got the red stem, and the other one's got a green stem. And they're just beautiful. So you don't need space to have beauty and plants around mm. you. And so I think at this time, oh, just enjoy your garden. There's so much that you could be doing in it. And we've got a long, hot summer coming up ahead of us. So get yourself sorted now before everybody yes. buys everything. It's been a worldwide thing that everybody's been gardening. So, of course, it's difficult to get stuff as well. Yes. So you can find all of the suggestions for the water garden on the Life is a Garden website. Yeah? Absolutely. Yeah. And, of course, how to make a bird feeder. If you, don't, if you feel yes. like doing it with your kids and making. <laughs> one instead of just buying one from your local garden center yeah and they ha uh, you know life as a garden is great is that it's like a step to step by step guide mm. so even somebody who has like me who has not handy at all you would be able to do it because it's just putting some pots some glue and then using your own creative spirit and i think each one of us even if we think we're not creative has some sort of creative juices so um i have to admit i did take the easy option out and, and i went <laughs> i went and got one from the local garden center and like here we go this i bought a um, bird bath yes. but a hanging one for a change because i thought at least then the cats can't Grab it Can't so easily. Well, I've got. <laughs> I, I made the the bird feeder out of the two liter bottle. Oh, I love that. But they one. can sit around the outside. So yeah. there's a whole bunch of stuff, and you can upcycle a lot of your things that yes. you would throw into the rubbish bin otherwise as well. So absolutely, there's a little bit of ingenuity, a little bit of time and care, mm -hmm. and you of course can. You know, have the kind of garden that we all dream about. Frankly, yeah. <laughs> so, but your dreams can come true in your garden. Oh, isn't that lovely? <laughs> they can. I'm and sure. I didn't even wish you a happy garden day for the <gasps> other day as well. I didn't. I, I did spend the day in the garden, but I, I didn't actually make a flower crown because I like my flowers to keep growing in the garden rather than putting them on my head. Oh, okay. I was going to say we actually had quite fun on Garden Day. Oh, good. I love the day. I love it that we can actually celebrate. I think every day is Garden Day for me, but I think the day that we can celebrate all the hard work that yes. people put into gardening, because. It is hard work. I think anybody who says, oh, no, the garden, it's what a, they often say to us, oh, what a lovely job, or to landscapers, oh, you have the greatest no. job in the world, and so stress-free. No, <laughs> no, no, no. Actually, gardening is a hard work. work, but it's the most rewarding work you could ever have. And, of course, they so. say a garden needs lots of water, most of it in no. the form of perspiration. Oh, I like that. Yes. <laughs> oh, that's, I'm going to use that right now. <laughs> I normally say I don't drink water, I save it for the plants. <laughs> But I'm going to use the you perspiration use for the perspiration. <laughs> Yeah. So all of those ideas and many, many more oh, and answers absolutely. to a lot of your questions as well mm. can be found on the lifeisagarden.co.za website. Of course, yes. if you have any questions, you can send them through and I will answer them. Absolutely. Full of knowledge. Yes, because I'm learning. I'm learning on the job. <laughs> and experience. No, you. Yeah, you can get to know these things and then you know. But yeah. sometimes people do throw curveballs. If you have any curveballs, don't hesitate to throw them. We will oh, do what we, we like can. like the challenge. Because if I don't know anything, <laughs> I'll ask Carrie. <laughs> and always up for the challenge when it comes to flowers. Yeah.
Thank you so much, Carrie Thank Goodwin. You. And of course, we'll catch up with you again for our next podcast at some stage yes. in the not too distant future. Oh, I hope so. But Thank you for having me. Let's grow the love of gardening. I think mm. that's the way to go. Oh, and before I forget, we're also starting a new Facebook WhatsApp, a Facebook group. Ooh, exciting. Bulbs and beyond. So if you need any expert oh, advice nice. on bulbs and how to grow them or when you're having problems or just to share. And in fact, of course, you can go onto other um, areas of gardening as well yeah. and let us know. You know, do we have a place? It's not just for the experts to talk about. It is a forum for people who have been gardening for years to also share their knowledge and their beautiful gardens too. So mm. share the word. Let's grow gardening. Yes. Thanks, Carrie. And, Thank you uh, very much. The rest of you, please get out in the garden. Do some hard work in the form of, you know, getting things happening. Use that water, pest perspiration in the space. <laughs> but above all, stay grounded. Bye-bye. You've been listening to another episode of Grounded from Solid Gold Studios in Johannesburg. For more green ideas and events, pop along to Mel's Treasures on Facebook. Facebook.